Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 109, The Limits of Satan's Power, Part 1. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hey there, welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world does not want you to know. That's right. They don't want us to know what's really going on. And, you know, the Bible is really amazing because it actually talks about the events that are going on right now. Uh Not as, as, as explicitly as you could say, you know, oh, this exact event, that thing, but the times themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's really amazing that it's such a book that it houses, you know, if we, if we look for it and we see it and we realize it's there, it houses the information that is telling us about what's going on with global catastrophes, with economic mm-hmm. collapses, with uh, empire building, with uh, potential alien invasion and yeah. All of that. So it's, it's almost never been as obvious as it is now. I think, I think so. right? I agree with that. Absolutely. So. I think, we, you know, and we're even going to get to a point where, you know, hopefully we'll have some guests on that even talk about how evidence of the Nephilim have been hidden, uh, like the Smithsonian not allowing people to mm-hmm. see the bones of giants and things like that. So, uh, you know, it even, it told us way back when what was going on. Yeah. You know, and then the evidence used to be there and people understood it and believed it. It got twisted into mythology, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. the evidence was there. And then, you know, lest uh, people start drawing the connections like we're doing now through the scriptures, Satan wanted to make sure that all the evidence could be disappeared. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's been hidden. It's amazing how many people, if you talk to people nowadays and you mention the word Nephilim, I think if you would have mentioned that word to someone 10 years ago, they would have been like, I have no idea what yeah. that is. I have run into several people that I've mentioned that before, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. That's giants in the Bible. And I'm like, how do you know this? Right. right? And then you also look at that the U.S. government came out recently and said, okay, we've been hiding it. UFOs yeah. are real, right? <laughs> right? Well, the Bible tells us that knowledge will be greatly increased yes. in the end times. Well, that, I mean, there's two examples right there how people are waking up to True. mysteries in the Bible, the government revealing, hey, yeah, we do have information of these beings, whoever they are, right? They didn't give us specifics. But yeah. Anyways, I'm just throwing that out there. Knowledge is increased. You're exactly right. right. I think the knowledge being increased wouldn't be limited to just the global knowledge of people with things like artificial intelligence and the mapping of the DNA and all that. But what about the saints of God are coming to understand more clearly what the scriptures say? That's what this is all about. We're trying to show people that, yes, there's a connection between knowledge increasing to help get the word out so that folks will understand the times and realize how great the need is to trust in the Savior that God provided to get through all this mess that's about to happen. So speaking of those that are helping to get the word out, Ron, uh, uh, um, John, another group of people we want to give shout-outs and thank-yous to for subscribing to Bible Mistress Premium podcast. we got a Ron C., 
Madeline H., Jan S., Thomas R., Sarah S., Mindy L., Jeremy C., Wendy W., Michael S., Karen M., William T., and Shannon H. Uh, and put a, a parenthesis, another name I'll say with an R. We're not saying the full names for privacy's sake. Yeah. We want to yeah. pr pr protect your privacy, but we want to thank all 12 of you as well for subscribing and being a part of our group again. Still looking for that name. What we're thinking, thinking about, you know, I thought about um, we're going to be launching new logos. Yeah. Be launching new uh, opener here, music. Here's the new logo, by the way. Oh, that's right. This is part of it, yeah. You'll see <laughs> it in these nice, YouTube. fancy new shirts, uh, uh, which hopefully will maybe will be available for people to order. Yeah. Uh, it's not a focus of what we do, but it's just another way you can support us if you like. And um, when we launched, when we were getting the artwork for that logo, I was thinking, well, we probably should up our theme music. And then I was trying to think, you know, if I had, when I often describe people and they ask you, what is your podcast about, Bible Mysteries? And I tell them, well, think of it's like the X-Files meets uh, Stranger Things meets Star Trek, you know, okay. in a sense. Uh -huh. And then I thought, oh, that's, a, that would, that's what I should do for a theme song. So I, I had those in mind when I was trying to write the new theme song. So that's what the theme song is. It's trying to get the feel of those three so shows. That, so I know the folks out there haven't heard that yet, but right. that clip that you sent me of the music, you wrote that? I did. Oh, cool. <laughs> I thought you just pulled that down off the internet somewhere. No, no I, actually, I actually recorded that. In fact, um, the, the female voice, the soprano in the background, yeah. that's my wife, Sandy. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, I like it even more now. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you pulled that up, you know. Off the world. I, I created it through the mechanisms that are available to us through like digital uh, looping and, yeah. and uh, synthesizers and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's Very fun. Cool. It's fun to play with, you know. And that's exactly how I got the original theme song, too, by the way. Okay. It, it was, I used a Logic Pro as a recording mm -hmm. software and made that. And uh, so when you hear the opening music, that's all done. Uh, through Logic Pro, but we're, you're going to be hearing a new one coming up. It's going to it's going to remind you of that original. Uh, it's got the it starts off with the elements yeah. of the same the original one, but it goes into a, a little different direction. So we hope you like it. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to the show today, we're going to talk about John the limits of Satan's power. Okay. You know, when we did our series on the Roman Empire, we learned that. As much as Mystery Rome is going to be the kingdom of the Antichrist and the, uh, the, the empire of iron mm -hmm. uh, with the strength of the fallen angels and the Nephilim, I think, um, yet Satan has a limit to his power, even as we speak. And um, with that kingdom, we see Christ returns and the saints take over the kingdom. We're going to take over the earth yeah. and inherit it. So one thing we should never do is get discouraged over how bad things seem to be getting. But in a way, I kind of rejoice. Those of us that have a hope rejoice at the way things are going. Not that we like to see our country being destroyed yeah. from within and not that we like to see Satan's influence gaining traction in our government or our schools or whatever. But... Satan from the very beginning has had power, and he's certainly more powerful than we as humans. But he only has the power that God allows him to have. Otherwise, they would have taken control of the earth. Yeah. yeah. And when we uh, interviewed Timothy Alberino, who's the author of Birthright, a fascinating book I recommend highly, uh, Timothy discounts the idea that when Adam sinned in the garden, that Satan gained dominion of the planet earth. Uh, he did not. He may be in control of it through his human proxies, but man has to relinquish that dominion. He can't just, he didn't just take it. Yeah. You know, God made the contract with, with humanity that we would have dominion of the earth. And otherwise, uh, Timothy points out, Satan with a superior technology could have come destroyed us and just removed all of us and taken over yeah. the whatever. So we're going to discuss that today, starting in the book of Job. The book of Job is really a fascinating book because it talks a lot about things outside of the, the realm that we can see with our eyes, you know, the spiritual realm. And Job chapter 1 is no exception. It literally starts with telling us about a day when fallen angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And I don't know if they still do that or not. Yeah. But I know that they did. 
So Job chapter Which one is verse a fascinating concept. Oh it? yeah, I mean that they are fallen angels, but then they can uh, they can have access to God after what they've done. Right. That so, that He still permits like to give them an audience. Yeah. And uh, and it tells me, you know, a lot of times people ask me, did the fallen angels have an opportunity to repent? And I think they did. God, knowing his righteousness and mercy, probably gave them the option to repent of what they did. And they crossed that line when they um, sinned and took so the daughters. So you think that they had the opportunity to repent after they came to earth and took took wives or took women, however you want to interpret that verse? No, right? I think that was the line that they crossed. That, that there was, was no the coming. final. Yeah, there was yeah. no coming back. But the, even before that, I think that there was a, an opportunity that if the original angels had joined Lucifer in rebellion... And the war began yeah, countless okay. ages ago. You'd think that it, it's somewhere in those who knows how many ages. God could have oh, said, if okay. you will turn back to so me. So this, this is going back to the world that was then. Absolutely. Right? Even, Pri- prior to man being created. Yeah. Okay. And then even after man was created, we, we're going to see a verse here. Uh, in Psalm 82 that seems to indicate that God was asking the angels, which the, the Bible calls the watchers. You know, they were given mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the position to watch over the affairs of men. And they could have led men in the right direction, but they wouldn't do it. And God calls on them to change. Okay. And then, but, but knowing that he's God, knowing that they would not, he declares their destruction for not repenting of what they were doing. Hmm, So we'll read that in the Psalms here shortly. But starting in Job chapter 1, verse 6, we read, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So Satan is one of the sons of God. He's Lucifer, the anointed cherub. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answering the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. So he has access to the earth. Yep. To walk around here. It's not his, but he can walk around. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, turns from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught or nothing? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? And about all that he hath on every side. And that's an interesting thought right there, John. That God puts a protective hedge around righteous people. Yeah. Which is not to say that nothing bad will ever happen to a righteous person. If you think about the apostles and the way they were persecuted. Yeah. But they, and they were as righteous uh, a person as you can get when it comes to serving and being faithful and obedient. Well, here was Job and Satan says, yeah, well, you've got him protected. I can't do anything to him. Um. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Job was apparently a very rich man. Okay. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. So Satan, the accuser of the brethren here, shows how he's accusing Job of, ah, he'll turn against you in a heartbeat the minute you take away his wealth. Yeah. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So right there we see that God has limited Satan's ability in dealing with Job. And there's every reason to think it's the same today. He can't just go do anything he wants to do. Hmm. And so here he's limited in only affecting a certain thing. And you can't affect him, but you can affect all that he has. Verse 13, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And that tells me that Satan is allowed to use men, armies, human proxies, and the Sabians, whoever they were. He used them to attack a righteous believer, a picture of a, a saint, Really, Job, if you want to know the truth, is a picture of Israel in tribulation. Okay. Right? Wow. Look in verse 16. While he was yet speaking, the first servant, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. 
And that tells me that Satan is power over weather and powers of nature. He can use them yeah. to his, so you can talk about. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, is a hurricane being manipulated by Satan, you know. And I don't know that he has that much power. The fire, the fire of God came down, <clears throat> but he was permitted this, you know, to do this. Verse 17, while he was yet speaking, the second servant, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So Satan, again, using men like an army, the Chaldeans, I yeah. would assume this was an army. And notice in verse 18, while he was yet speaking, I mean, it's like, how much bad news can you take in one day, right? <laughs> this is a string of bad luck here. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, more control over nature, yeah. and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So it's fascinating to look at four things that occur to Job's wealth and family. Everything's burned up or blown away or destroyed. Yeah. And then in verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And the, the tearing of the mantle and shaving of the head are signs of remorse, okay. of, of sorrow, grieving. Okay. And he worshiped God and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither or there. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So Job, like I said, a picture of Israel in tribulation, a picture of faithful Israel mm -hmm. going through great persecution by Satan. And, uh, and yet here he is, a real man going through persecution, and he does not turn from the Lord. He worships God. And of course, then we know that, that um, Satan accuses him again and says, yeah, sure, you took away all that he had. He didn't turn against you, but attack him personally, you know, okay. and you'll yeah. see a difference. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 1, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Evidently, this was a repeating thing. Do you need to come in, Sandy? Okay. Job chapter 2, verse 1. Okay. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. So again, you see his access, but mm -hmm. it's limited. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movedst me against him to destroy him without cause. And isn't it interesting that God takes accountability of it or takes a credit for it? He said, you made me go against him. And how did he do that? Well, when he removed the hedge. Yeah. And so you, Satan, you moved me to prove him. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth now thine hand, and touch his bones and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. One more time, accusing him of, yeah, sure, that's only because you didn't let him let me at his physical body. Yeah. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And we, of course, know that's what happened to poor Job. This time he got afflicted with a horrible disease. Yeah. And when you think about Satan having power over infections. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Pandemics and things like that. I'm certain that he's involved in all of that. And so he's permitted to use disease. And yet Job... <clears throat> wouldn't sin against him. Uh, even verse 8, he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. What a miserable picture, you know. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. He goes, why don't you just curse God so he'll kill you, you know. <laughs> 
But so now she's rooting him on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, and I can imagine maybe it was from a position of pity, but still, it's it's just an awful. Yeah. You know. Well, she's probably pretty angry too, since yeah. her whole family got killed. Exactly. But he said unto her, "Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil?" And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Hmm. So Job uh, kept his integrity. He never sinned against the Lord. And yet we're focusing on what Satan was allowed to do. So Satan's power includes control of human proxies, governments, nations, bands of men, political power. If we talk about he moved an entire group like the Chaldeans, control of wind and weather, natural forces, and disease. And to me comes from that genetic manipulation. We, not from Job's history, but from another history yeah. that we know about, of course, Genesis chapter 1. So look back on Genesis 1, and we'll see that God made man, and he gave him dominion, made him in his image, and gave him dominion in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And by the way, that's, that's overlooked too. You know, we're so used to seeing male and female, we think nothing of it. But there had never been a creation like this. You know, he made the animals that way. Yeah. And he made man this way for the purpose of procreation. No other created beings, the sons of God, were given command to reproduce, yeah. to be fruitful and multiply. Verse 28, God hmm. blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, fill it up again, the world that was, right? Yeah. And subdue it. Subdue it from what? There wasn't anything but animals. Well, obviously, it's the fallen angels. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And it's the word dominion that's important. Satan is limited in his power in dealing with man because the earth was given to mankind. Dominion of the earth was given to man. I do believe that Satan at one point had dominion of the earth. He was a king. And he lost that domain. Do you think that the world that was, and I guess we're just going to use that term for mm-hmm. the world that existed before mankind was right. on the earth, right? Because what you just said where it was given to men or God created men and women as well as male and female among all the animals so that they would multiply, right? So does that mean that the world that was basically was occupied only by angels and by male angels? I I would argue that whether it was only male angels or not, there could have been female angels. They just did not multiply. They didn't procreate. They weren't given that ability, you know. Yeah. And and so it's more if there are female angels, and I don't know for sure that there are. Because it's never mentioned, right? Not mentioned other than something in the book of uh, uh, Zechariah that talks about uh, these a female, a woman inside this, what looks like a spacecraft. Huh. And, and the okay. Bible says this is wickedness, you know. Uh, and so there could be a, a fallen angel entity that maybe can take on the form of female. Yeah. You know, H- however, I don't know if they were created that way since they're called Benai Elohim, the sons of God. Yeah. So I would yeah. argue they're all huh. male. And in that sense... Um, even if there had been some female uh, angels, I don't think they had a womb or the capacity to procreate, to conceive and bear forth children. However, the male angels, if, even if they're all male, uh, seem to have the ability to take on human form yeah. and produce seed yeah. that can impregnate a woman, which is an actual human being. Yeah, Because that's what happened in Genesis 6. So I wonder also, and not to sidetrack this too much, but um, if there were animals then in the world that was. Right. I I do believe that the fallen angels in genetically manipulating humanity did the animal kingdom as well. So whether they actually went into them, the Bible doesn't say anything about them taking wives of animals. It took, yeah. said they took wives of the daughters of men. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they didn't possess the ability to genetically manipulate in laboratories and create yeah. what we call mythological creatures, but which may in fact have been true, minotaurs, 
Yeah. Bull man, yeah. centaurs, horseman, satyrs, goat man, mm-hmm. and whoever know who knows what else the the nephilim could have been. The possibly Bigfoot, a Sasquatch is a is a is a big is a nephilim hybrid. Yeah, I, I, I believe he probably. I'm is. just wondering if when man and woman was created so that they could multiply the female and female species of animals were also created at the same time i'm assuming right yes they weren't in the world before this so i'm wondering if there was even animals prior to adam and eve being created and all the animals on the earth being created i guess i I believe there were male and female animals in the world that was yeah. Okay. And wow. I and remember when we talked about the mystery of the dinosaurs, it, it, yeah. it is very possible that the fallen angels began to manipulate the DNA of those animals to create these monstrous things. Yeah. You know, so that death and destruction could come in. You know, but um. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. But that just tells you that Satan and his fallen angels have been involved in manipulation of DNA for a long time. Yeah. In back, my opinion. Back to their power or back, his power, right? Yeah. Back to Genetically. just deciding to want to destroy God's creation in the way it existed before man. So that it's like if, if they had dominion of the earth through Satan as their king and they created such a mess of the world before man was even introduced Mm -hmm. that god destroyed that planet with a flood restored it to the one we currently inhabit and gave dominion to man yep and specified in psalm 115 because it's so important that it says several times that he has to say it in verse 16 the heaven and even the heavens are the lord's but the earth hath he given to the children of men okay yeah so again satan's power being limited because of the dominion god gave mankind and he didn't give angels that power. In Hebrews chapter 2, we see it. You know, we see a specific admonition or, or, or a, a prohibition, if you will, of uh, the angels taking control uh, beyond what their realm should be. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And he only said that to Jesus Christ, the God-man. And this gets back into the and whole you're thing. In, of, you're in Hebrews 1. Hebrews. Oh, I did read Hebrews 1. I'm sorry. You're he, right. Hebrews 2. Okay, thank you. Verse 5. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. And actually, they both attest to the same thing. I just misread the, the, yeah. the, the, the chapter. Uh, but the angels were not put in... Uh, uh, he did not put the world in subjection to the angels. But one... And, and he even said the world to come. You know, we're going to judge angels. We're going to judge the world. Hmm. We, that is, the, the, the believers in Christ. Verse 6, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. All right? And while that's a picture of mankind in general, mm-hmm. it's a picture of Christ as well. Because back where I was reading in chapter 1, verse 5, in the wrong place, he referred, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and he's referring to Jesus Christ. Well, look in verse 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, like a man, for the suffering of death, in order that he could die for mankind, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. And that gets back to us emphasizing why God had to redeem mankind through Christ being incarnated as a man. He's God the Son, eternal with the Father, and yet he was begotten of mm-hmm. God in the in the form of flesh yeah. so that he could die and also so that he could claim title deed to the earth. Birthright. Oh. Right, mm-hmm. Christ is given um, uh, it, the title of King of the Earth, which is why he had to become a man. Okay, he's going to be King of the Earth. So, 
it all ties back into the dominion of the earth given to mankind and the limit of Satan's power. So where is Satan? He's obviously was going to and fro upon the earth and walking up and down in it, but it's not his. Yeah. You know, it's, he was trespassing, so to speak, and reporting back to God that, yeah, you're a servant, Job. Let me at him. He'll curse you to your face. Well, God put him to the test and he, and he passed. He never did curse yeah. to the face. So Satan's power seems to be confined to the spiritual realm. If we go to Ephesians chapter 2, we see it. And the spiritual realm is ignored by Christianity today to, I think, their, their detriment. Yeah, I you agree. Know, we, we talk a lot. Even grace-believing, rightly-dividing, Bible-proclaiming, believing, sincere saints that focus on the Word of God rightly divided, to me, tend to pay it short shrift and not give it the attention that it deserves because we are in a spiritual battle. We can say those words, but what do they really mean if we're not yeah. emphasizing? But no one focuses on them. What is in that realm? What we're finding against? I don't, I don't get that against. either. Yeah. I don't get that, but... I know, I know. I, I, I'm not sure what's behind it. But in Ephesians 2, verse 1, we read, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's a judicial condition. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, that's a passage I know I've, I've heard preached on many, many times mm -hmm. by grace-believing Christians. But think about that. He's called the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience and makes us children of wrath or made us. Is the children of disobedience, <clears throat> is that a reference to non-believers? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because once we become a child of God, we've obeyed the gospel. Okay. Right? So it's a reference to Satan confined to the spiritual realm in the way he operates. It influences mankind to physically manifest the sinful thoughts of the heart. And that's hence we become the children of disobedience yeah. there. But... He said very clearly in chapter 6, but Paul... But he, he has power to work through non-believers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, he can influence believers too. You know, I don't think a person who's saved is immune to his attacks. Job is a testament of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean that um, we have no antidote, you know. The antidote is always the same. It's Christ. And restoring communion between yourself and the Lord. Yeah. If we've fallen from that position of grace to live in a manner that's unbecoming of the gospel, you're still saved. Yeah. Satan may have gotten control of you to lead you down a path of self-destruction because, hey, if he can take out an enemy combatant, he'll do it. Yeah. Right? But when you restore that fellowship between you and the Lord and you're back on your feet again, the whole point of that is to get back in the battle hmm. and to stand for the truth and fight against the enemy. Very interesting. You know, yeah. Wow. So chapter 6, if you look in uh, chapter uh, 6, verse 12, a passage we read frequently, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not where the battle is, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And while there are, those are several separate entity categories, they're all spiritual and they're all part of that realm. And the high places there he's talking about is in... The, the, the outer space, really. Yeah. We're talking about the realm that man is, <clears throat> you know, we can't access it without a rocket and special equipment in the same way that underwater is a realm that we can't access. God made fish for that. Okay. We need a submarine and scuba gear and mm -hmm. all that stuff, you know. So we can't get to this spiritual realm, which I do believe is is outside the Earth's atmosphere. And it may be a, a, um alter another dimension as I was going to well. ask. You don't think it's that's a different dimension, right? I, I, I do. Even I, if you went into space, you wouldn't encounter angels. Not necessarily. So it's it's part of their realm, but there's a dimensional aspect to yeah. it as well, I think. We're still in our laws of physics when we penetrate the, the atmosphere and yeah. we, we go into the area, the realm we would call the second heaven. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to see angels floating around, you yeah. know. Although astronauts claim to have seen some pretty weird things. 
you know, yeah. in space. So you certainly are going to be closer to that realm than you would be on the yeah. surface, you know. Uh, but it doesn't mean, as we saw, that Satan can't come down and walk to and fro yeah. on the earth. So he's confined to the spiritual realm in the way that he operates and the way that he exists. And, you know, when you think about it, when we were talking about the Roman Empire and their worship of Jupiter, which is the god mm -hmm. that equates with Satan, and other gods do too, it, it could be just different manifestations of Satan. But Jupiter was considered to be Zeus by the Greeks and, and the chief entity yeah. The chief god of most cultures, most civilizations. So I would say that's Lucifer. And uh, Jupiter is interesting in that it's the planet you can see with the naked eye easily. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, other planets you can see on certain occasions too, like Mars and Venus. Yeah, yeah. But Jupiter's pretty far away, but it's big. So you can see it. And it's just interesting to me that on the surface of Jupiter, there's this red raging storm that's been there forever. And it's moving, you know. Have you seen the pictures of Jupiter where there's a yeah, red yeah. dot? It's it's like a giant hurricane. Of some I had kind. no idea that was a storm. It's a storm, really. Yeah, and it's moving around that planet. And it moves, and it, it grows and decreases. That tells you how much I spend in science. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm going from memory, so I'm Man, I learned wrong. something new today. That's amazing. <laughs> it's supposed to be a gas giant planet. Yeah, and so it's not like uh, you know, there's a. There's an easy, you know, you, you can breathe in the atmosphere even if you can get there, you know. Uh -huh. But uh, in the Bible, it says that the, the Ephesians worshipped, worshipped a goddess named Diana. And they talk about the, her image which fell down from Jupiter. Hmm. And it makes you wonder, is it possible that in the high places, maybe the throne of Satan, physically speaking, is on the planet Jupiter? Maybe that big red storm has something to do with it. That's him. pretty interesting. You know, I just it's something to speculate Good about. Good speculation yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll be another topic <laughs> sometime. So Satan himself, though, confined to wherever he is in the spiritual realm and the second heaven, is going to be cast down to the earth at some point in the future. And we see that in Revelation 12. The coming war, the big the the real Star Wars is here in Revelation 12, almost two thousand years ago. This was predicted. <clears throat> so we'll start in verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, which incidentally, the dragon's angels are referred to as stars in verse 4. So angels are equated with stars. Okay. As in uh, morning stars, fallen stars. Yeah. You know. Uh, but they prevailed not. In other words, Satan and his angels prevailed not against Michael and his angels. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So where is their place right now? Well, it's in heaven. Okay. Not God's throne. Obviously, they're only permitted access to that when they present themselves before the Lord, as yeah. we saw in Job. But they are their place is there, and the heavens are going to be cleansed, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, we could say, of heaven. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, <clears throat> and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, just like he did with Job. Hmm. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the end, uh, unto the death, rather. Verse 12, therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. So the heavens are rejoicing because Satan is now removed and his minions are removed yeah. with him which means that that seems to be where they're permitted to dwell for now, in the starry heavens or the second heaven. And that much is proven, I think, by an encounter that Daniel had with an angel in the book of Daniel chapter 10. And it gives me uh, the basis to postulate a theory about the way fallen angels do occupy the heavens whether or not they're headquartered on Jupiter in the red storm uh, yeah. or not. Uh, let me show you that in Daniel chapter 10. So we'll go to Daniel 10, 
and we see Daniel has an encounter with an angel that comes to tell him some words. And when the angel arrives and appears as an angel, Daniel's frightened because mm-hmm. I'm sure it looked unusual to him yeah. to see this glowing, bright personage. And in verse 12, we read, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And and it's probably worth taking a moment to mention this, that Daniel um, began to pray when he realized that they were in captivity because of Israel's sin. Okay. And so he began to confess his sin. And once he made the confession, an angel appears to him. Okay. Now, that's not the reason I'm going to this passage, but I wanted to just tell our audience that there's a picture in this. Because the Bible does say in the book of Hosea that God said, I'll return to my place until they acknowledge their sin and make their confession and seek my face. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Israel. So Daniel's a picture of Israel making his confession when they realize they messed up. Yeah. And the Lord is who returned to his place. Christ went back to the throne of God, seated at the right hand of the Father. So is that saying that until Israel acknowledges their offense, the Lord's not going to call them his people again, and he's not going to send angels to protect them anymore? Michael was the hedge around them, the archangel. And here he comes in Revelation 12 with his angels to fight against the devil and his angels, and they're going to come down and protect Israel in the wilderness. Yeah, It's a fascinating thought. But back to the point here, in verse 12, he said, I'm come for thy words, verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, if we're talking about a Persian prince or a Persian king that's a man, there's no way he could stop an angel. So this prince of Persia is an angel. And a fallen angel at that, which tells me nations have angels over them that manipulate the human proxies into Satan's will. Yeah. And I see in my mind a picture of the earth surrounded by satanic angels with their kingdoms over their particular respective nations. And when this angel needed to come down to discuss these things and talk to Daniel, he was fighting a front of angels that he had to fight to penetrate enemy lines to get down to the earth through the spiritual realm into the physical realm that we know. That's kind of mind-blowing. It blows my mind. So Satan's princes and fallen angels and demons and everything else, they influence men to be their proxies, but they surround the earth, as it were. And then when he said, Michael came to help me, one of the chief princes, Michael's title, he's the prince of Israel. And when Mm -hmm. God went back and returned to his place, he took his army with him. Michael is not allowed to be the prince of Israel right now, and he won't be a prince until the rapture. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing to think about. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to look at some things that Paul said about this concerning Satan's power. 2 Corinthians 4, and we'll read verse 3, but if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In this passage, the God of this world, little g, is Satan. How is he the God of this world? Well, he's worshipped by the world. We saw that in our study of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And he's worshipped today through the satanic global elite. That's hard for people to fathom. They can't imagine that our governmental leaders actually worship Satan. Yeah. But they do. You you can tell if you'll allow yourself to see it through the actions that they operate. Why would they pass these laws that they do? Why would they support the things that they do? The murder of unborn children. That's satanic. Yeah. So only Satan controlled people would do that. Their love of money. Yes. Which is the root of all root of all evil. evil. Exactly. <clears throat> and obviously everything that they do 
not everything, but the majority of stuff that they do is centered around their love of money. Absolutely. Because there's not a government leader out there in the world that is not wealthy. Exactly. Or, or does, does, just doesn't make a lot of money and give it away because they're so kind-hearted and cares, oh, yeah. care so much about all of us, right? They care. They yeah, really they do really care. They really care. Care about and, that yacht. And, and this, it's called cognitive dissonance when people see the evidence in front of them, but their mind won't allow them to accept what the evidence presents. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that my leaders don't love me and care about me and are telling me the truth when they talk to me. Yeah. I can't I can't fathom that that they are lying to me and they would just as soon have me killed to reach a satanic agenda. So they have to dismiss it. Cognitive dissonance. I can't comprehend that. Yeah. So they won't believe the facts right in front of their face. Think about all the people when Hillary Clinton did not get elected. What was the reaction? Oh, they were mourning. I mean, it was... Exactly. They were crying. Yeah. Right? Oh, they, yeah. Which just tells you how much, when you speak about cognitive dissonance, right? How connected they are to that person. Yeah. This person represents all of my values, everything that I... Yeah. And then... Have, giving they, them godlike have, status, exactly. Like wow, an we're emperor. going down a rabbit hole there, yeah. right? Okay. Like like Caesars, you know. Yeah. And that's really what they've become when they they practically deify uh, people that are leaders who stand for a leftist satanic agenda. Now they'll mm-hmm. deify conservatives too, and they lift them up too high. We make yeah. monuments to Washington, and oh, it's yeah. a satanic obelisk. We put uh, Lincoln in this fascist chair as though he's the first yeah. Mussolini or something, yeah. you know. I mean, it, it's amazing that we do that. And, and the cognitive dissonance won't allow us to recognize it's idolatry. Yeah, it, We can't see it because we don't want to see it, you know. Which tells me that we're going to have to make this episode another part two. Yeah, we're running <laughs> yeah, out of time. Because we're running sure. out of time yeah. because we're only halfway through what I want to discuss. But what I want to show you here is that Satan, who's called the God of this world, right? Uh, and he's the God of this world through worship, not by not by uh, appointment of God. Yeah. You know, he wasn't given dominion of the earth. Man was. But he's the God of the world through worship of human proxies. And he uses science, philosophy, government, and religion to deceive people. Don't discount religion in all this. You yeah. know, just because some a church claims to be Christian doesn't mean they are. Yeah. You know, just because... They are naming the name of Christ, but if they're twisting the truth of the Word of God, Satan's got them too. Yeah. And if he's blinding people to the truth of salvation as a free gift in Christ Jesus, but they think they have to do all these works in order to have eternal life, mm-hmm. then Satan's is in control of that group as he is of the government. Yeah. You know. So one thing before we go, and we have to recognize this, we alluded to it last episode, but Satan has children. Maybe not necessarily he fathered them physically, but they are his followers. And Jesus Christ referred to them as children of Satan. Okay, We're children of God by adoption of believing on Jesus Christ. Yeah, They become children of Satan by adopting his truth, which is a lie. Yeah. His teaching, his philosophy, which is which is a lot. So go to John chapter eight, and we'll we'll read this, and then we'll have to break and uh, make this another part two. There's just so much in here; I can't do it all in 45 minutes, you know. And and by the way, we try to keep our passage, uh, our episodes to 45 minutes, as close as we can, unless it's a guest. You yeah, know, we're gonna let them go as long as they want to go, because if they're my guest, I'm gonna. Well, 45 minutes, you can lift some half on the way to work and half the way home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But in John chapter 8, verse 43, we read these words. Why do you not understand my speech? And he's talking to religious leaders, by the way. The most um, outwardly appearing righteous people of the time were Pharisees. Mm -hmm. People lifted them up. They're like the, the, the government leaders of today. Um, why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? And, and don't let that word pass you by. Cannot. He didn't say will not. He said you cannot hear yeah. my word. You why don't can't have the ability. they? Yeah. You can't hear my word. Why? Because of a choice they made. Verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. 
So Satan has children. They're people that make the choice to follow him and they worship him. They're calling him God, Yahweh, Jehovah, whatever. Yeah. But here, Christ knows who they are. He knows their hearts. You don't think that that's just quote-unquote Satan worshipers, right? This is people that deny God even exists and maybe live their life completely for, I want to make as much money as I can, have as many houses as I can, which is the love of money. True. Right? Mm -hmm. Which, so I, I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. It's not just people that are like, <laughs> we attend the church of Satan, right? Those aren't his yeah. children, right? It's anybody that's outside yeah, of... These individuals were the, the outwardly Jewish religious leaders of their day. <clears throat> uh -huh. They would never have been caught dead in a pagan temple to Jupiter. Yeah. But he said, you're of your father the devil, so you're making the point very well that it's not just those who you know drink blood and wear red and yeah. go to uh, seances or whatever. It's those that might be some of the most outstanding religious people that you know. But they're of their father, the devil, if they reject the truth of God. Yeah. If they're if they're fighting against the truth of the gospel and telling you you have to keep these commandments to be saved, that's satanic. Hmm. And they wow. they may be self righteous or pharisaical on the outside, but in in the tr the reality is they're aligned with Satan just as much as our Congress is. Yeah. And they are hmm. uh, aligned with Satan. Don't get me wrong. Or don't don't you know? I love when um, presidents and and politicians say, "Let me be clear," and they're about to lie to you. Yeah. Every time they say that, let me be clear. They're about to tell you a lie. You know, let me be clear. I'm going to lie to your face, and you're going to believe it, and you do. Well, let me be clear. They're satanic. <laughs> That's not a lie. That's true. They do what they do, whether they know it or not, because they are manipulated by satanic entities. Yeah. And they willingly want the money, and they don't care about you. Yeah. They just as soon see you dead if it gets them what they want. And one day, they're going to be exposed for the pedophile ring that they're behind yeah. and the Pizzagate and all that stuff, which we're going to have to discuss in an interview one of these days. But for now, we'll end it here, and we'll make the limits of Satan's power a second uh, part to this. Uh, it'll have to become a series because I've got a good bit left here. Yeah. And uh, we just get into the word. We can't. We can't. We can just glean so much I, out of I it. I start sending you down other rabbit holes. Start derailing the whole podcast. I don't think it's a derailment. I think whatever thought you've got in your mind that presents a question is probably the same question that's on the minds of other people. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So that's why I appreciate what you yeah. do, John, and we appreciate you tuning in today. Thank y'all so much for being a part of the. Uh, podcast. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, for sharing. Don't forget to like our videos on social media and uh, look for some uh, interesting new changes coming up with our logo and artwork and perhaps even some merchandise. Have a great week. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. And we'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.